Hello everyone, welcome to Ask a Therapist. This is Nikita and Zam, and we are two psychotherapists here to answer your questions about love, life, and health. You know, in our private practice, Nikita and I see couples, individuals, and families. However, we're so passionate about this particular podcast because we're trying to reach a greater number of people at the same time. We want to demystify therapy. We want to open the door to therapy for you and introduce you to our tools and techniques that you can actually apply in your real life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to part two of a day in the life of your therapist. We're very happy to have you here today as we continue our discussion about what a therapist's, and specifically ours, uh, day-to-day life looks like. Last time we talked about our daily routines, we talked about what we get up to before sessions, in between sessions, and maybe what we're doing in our life, in our daily routines after the sessions are done. And today we wanted to continue this conversation and answer some of the other questions that have come our way from clients. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, we've already had some feedback from clients that they like um, hearing about us and that's so sweet. So, and we like telling you about us, Um, you know, Both Nikita and I pride ourselves in being transparent therapists. So we really, you know, like to share, um, share how we manage our mental health, because Mm -hmm. just because we are therapists, like we discussed in the previous episode, it doesn't mean that we don't have our own challenges. And, And we, usually what happens is the coping skills that we tell you about is coping skills that have been tried and tested by (laughs) us with our own concerns, right? Um, So yeah. Yeah. So first, uh, one of the first questions that we get a lot, so we thought we'd talk about is, do you think about your clients in between sessions? (laughs) And I know we've been trained to say no to that, because we are supposed to be, like we were talking about last time, these neutral, extremely neutral, stoic beings in mm-hmm. session that don't engage um, at an emotional level. But I think at the end of it all, we are human beings and it's only human to wonder about your clients, isn't it? Absolutely. I agree. Um... So to answer this question, do you think about your clients in between sessions? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. We think about them. We think about if we're doing a good job with them. We think about their successes. Mm -hmm. And we feel, you know, really happy that if we see movement in the session, we think about them when we feel like they are stuck, for example. And even after the session, we're thinking about how to help them right we talked about prep time we're thinking about what can i read where can i go to find resources to better support my client Mm -hmm. so i can see this movement um and the work that we do is so intrinsically tied with addressing cultural norms in the south asian community and a lot of our clients are south asian or are some form of minority and come to us because they're struggling with cultural norms that are making them feel stuck. And we, we feel stuck with those cultural norms too, mm-hmm. right? So I often find myself getting 
getting angry, mm-hmm. right? When when my clients are really struggling with that, um, because it's it's something that's so beyond their control. Yeah. Right. Mm. So it's only human to absorb some of that, right? Um, and it's not like we sit there after sessions worrying about our clients and you know mm-hmm. biting off our like chewing off our nails, absolutely terrified and absolutely worried for our clients. I think there's a healthy balance in between mm-hmm. there's a healthy balance in creating boundaries between, you know, what is our clients versus what is ours, but it's only yeah. human to wonder. Um, especially when you've been working with a client for say sometimes in our cases a year right Mm -hmm. 14 months or 15 months you're very much invested in their growth just like them so you're curious about them absolutely and Nikita what do you think about this I feel like the more time you spend in the field the better you get at setting that separation between mm-hmm. yourself and the client when you're still able to be fully invested and empathetic, but know where you start yeah. and where your client ends. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Definitely. I'm remembering when we were novice therapists and um, I think, my gosh, I would run into a tiny little hiccup in my session and I would literally spend hours ruminating about it right so that separation that ability to step away doesn't come naturally has to be curated right um and there are still times that maybe we don't do it perfectly but Mm -hmm. knowing that your therapist is wondering about you right in between sessions sometimes i think that's that's quite normal Mm. absolutely You know, I tell my clients that once you start therapy with me, I'm part of your support system. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a client tell me the other day, I faced this kind of issue in between our sessions. And in order to resolve the issue, I thought back to our conversations. And I thought, you know, what would Zam say in this situation? And I was so touched by that moment. Mm -hmm. And that reinforced the idea that, I said to them, I am part of your support system. I'm kind of in a distant tier, but I'm there. Um, so just the way you're thinking back to me and thinking, you know, what would Zana say in this situation? What would we, what kind of questions would she ask um, to help me resolve this? I'm thinking about you, yeah. um, you know, because, because I care yeah. and we care. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. It was, it was, it, it put a very yeah. big smile on my face. <laughs> That's really sweet. That's when you know you have a great, great relationship with that client. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Another common question, actually, that I have been asked, actually, very recently in a consultation. Um, For those of you who are not aware, we offer complimentary consultations um, before an official session can take place just to get to know the client a little bit better and see what they're looking for from a therapist. And I had this consult ask me, well, you know, being therapist is not easy. How do you deal um, with your feelings after a session? That's a great question. Yes. And no one has ever asked me that. Yeah, That's Um, a great question. Yeah. Because I think for them, it was really important to see a therapist who's not perpetually burnt out Mm -hmm. and who's taking care of themselves 
Mm. And I thought they went really above and beyond in asking that question as part of their assessment um, of our, our fit. Mm. I was just so sort of taken aback in a good way with that question. I wish more clients would ask that, but that's a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we do feel emotionally spent after seeing a client, right? Sometimes we're really happy if there's been growth, if there's been progress, we feel our client's happiness. And at times we feel their despair. Yeah, we absolutely feel their despair and it's building a trusting therapeutic alliance with the client is an ongoing thing that needs to be worked on from session to session. Um, That relationship, it can be so wonderful and produce really good outcomes. And as you're developing that relationship, as you're going through therapy, you're also co-creating goals. And oftentimes what the goals, the goals that the clients come in in the beginning are very different to the middle of therapy and the end of therapy. And so we're always watching our clients struggle. We're watching them excel. We're watching them try to figure themselves out. Mm. We're watching them try so hard. And then sometimes it works. Sometimes life, you know, hands them a really difficult card and every session can look different. So if you're seeing five clients in one day or eight clients in one day, you are sometimes shifting between, you know, feeling really optimistic to feeling pessimistic, to feeling angry, to feeling happy constantly throughout the day. And that can be exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. So that plays a really big part in kind of the emotions that you're left with at the the end of the day. And when you're moving between emotions like that, um, it can get quite tiring. Absolutely. And that sense of tiring that comes from feeling pessimistic with the client, I think that also is a struggle for so many therapists because we Mm -hmm. can start to see that as a reflection of our own abilities. Absolutely. Right. And who we are personally and professionally. And I know some level of imposter syndrome exists for every working (laughs) professional out there. Um, But for us, it's, it's a little bit different in the sense that it can then impact our sense of self-confidence and make us lose our trust, our trust in our ability, right? So then it might has, it has a potential to impact our work with another client or another client. So I think it's really important to develop that thick skin and feel grounded, right, in our own abilities mm-hmm. at times mm-hmm. like that. How do you do that, Nikita? How do you feel grounded in your own abilities in those moments? Hmm. I don't know if there's a, there's one exact way to do that, but my client's process is not just in my control or my client's control. There are so many variable factors here that are constantly influencing what's happening for my client. Right. We constantly, we can fall under this like illusion of control that everything I say has a direct implication on my client for the good or for the bad. But I think it's a lot more complex than that. That's a good point. It's, it's definitely difficult to gauge. And Mm -hmm. I think 
what I'm hearing you saying that's also important for therapists to have their own foundation of self-confidence and trust in their abilities that exists outside of any client, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because the other part that exists with each individual client, like you said, can can be moved so easily. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a portion that is just within you that mm-hmm. you know ultimately at the end of the day that you're a great therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, and a lot of that I find also comes from you know, checking in with Mm. other therapists. So Nikita and I often consult with one another when we're feeling stuck to make sure that we're, you know, going down the right path and we're supporting these clients the best way we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And that also helps us check in to see if we're having any blind spots or there's any spots where we need to develop Mm -hmm. further. Yeah, mm-hmm. the ongoing consultation obviously is a really important part of your growth as a therapist. You know, this isn't a skill that you develop and that's that. This is a skill that constantly needs to be refined over time. And that is a really good indication of a good therapist, someone who is constantly finding the balance between self-acceptance and striving to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps you manage the emotions that might come after a session, knowing that this isn't a reflection of my abilities. This is part of my client's story, right? And I'm doing the best that I can. It's exactly like how we teach our clients to affirm themselves. We have to affirm ourselves as well. Definitely. It can always be a little bit difficult if we have something going on in our lives to put that on hold and put our own emotions on hold Mm -hmm. while we assist in managing someone else's emotions. Um, I find, (laughs) I was going to say, I find therapy therapeutic. Mm -hmm. I find working with my clients almost therapeutic for myself. I feel like when I'm in that space, I'm present, I'm only focusing on them. Mm-hmm. and I forget about the stuff that's happening for me and it can also it, it provides me some distance mm-hmm. from you know my own troubles um and I and I find myself being able to be present in the moment mm-hmm. um so but that doesn't always happen no but that distance I think that's a really good word um, mm. to describe it because sometimes it's not easy to switch off what's happening for us and deep dive into someone else's um, emotions. But sometimes doing just that, unplugging what's happening for us is so therapeutic because giving yourself that emotional distance, even if it's for a couple hours from what's happening for you, can almost give you a new perspective, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even as a therapist, sometimes it's hard to get that distance. Sometimes we don't manage our emotions really well. There's a lot of vicarious trauma that's part of this work, especially if you're a therapist who's working with um, highly traumatized populations, whether that's um, working with domestic violence or sexual abuse or intensive family conflict, that can leave you feeling a little bit scarred so I think it's really important as a therapist to have a good self-care regime it doesn't have to be the same thing every day but to have things in your arsenal to fall back on at a time like that agreed 
And I think that's a good segue into the next question of, are you able, ever able to turn off your therapist brain? Um, <laughs> no. <nope>. No. <laughs> that's a really easy one to answer. Nope. Once a therapist, always a therapist. Yeah. Once a therapist, you are a therapist in all facets of your life. Um, yeah. Our partners and our family members can speak to that. Yeah. Um it's often used, don't therapize me, you know, um, it just, you know, we try and we try really hard, but that's just the way we see the world. And honestly, I've come to accept it and love it about myself. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I've come to accept it and love it. And I see it very much as a superpower as opposed to something yeah. holding me back. And exactly. you're right, that is how we've learned to be in the world and see the world. And sometimes, um, Whenever I have something to say to my friends, um, you know, I'll preface that with, I don't want to sound like a therapist, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And this is what I have to say about it. And I think, I don't know about you, Sam, but I get a lot of mixed responses to that in my life. I have some friends and family members who, um, who, you know, like to poke fun at me time to time mm. right for that mm. aspect of my personality and then there's some who actually have what uh, actually listen to what I have to say with some sense of genuine interest um, and respect and I think that's part and parcel of being a therapist because before you were a therapist you were someone else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right and for some people it's really hard to um, see you grow into that therapist mm -hmm. role and they mm -hmm. like to keep you confined to this box of who you were before yeah I agree with you um and I think with that the, the the one thing that I really don't like that some people say to me is um well you're a therapist oh you should know how to deal with this <laughs> you know completely accurately you know if I'm having an emotional response for example or an illogical response mm -hmm. or if I'm overreacting I'm maybe sometimes not allowed to do that because I'm mm -hmm. a therapist and I need to be like we said stoic all the time and calm all the time mm -hmm. um no <laughs> we can still overreact we can still have our own emotional mm -hmm. responses yeah. while being a therapist at the same time it's kind of what what you learn from that and at first when I used to get that it used to sort of make me feel like I'm a bad therapist mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. I've started to realize that having my own journey with emotional wellness and mental wellness has made me a better therapist yeah because I'm if I don't have those reactions then I can't always understand fully what my clients are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And like we said, you know, the coping skills that we teach you are tried and tested. Mm -hmm. um, we've tried them ourselves and it's worked and that's why we're sharing them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it's, it's reasonable to a certain extent to see others hold that certain expectation of us, right? That in general, you're supposed to be a little bit more grounded and calm and collected as a therapist, just like how you'd expect a physician to be better in charge of their health. Um, but at the same time, extremely putting us on that pedestal that you're not allowed to have any breakdowns you're not allowed to act out of character quote unquote i think that's a bit extreme 
right? Because at the end of it, we are human beings um, and we have our own sets of um, sensitivities and vulnerabilities that come out and that are hard to manage. Uh, and it's part of the human experience. Absolutely. And I like how you said out of character mm-hmm. because we're talking about the therapist as a sort of character, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another question that we often get is, do you see a therapist? Mm. What in the world does a therapist need a therapist for? <laughs> do you have problems? Nikita, do you have problems? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a perfectly mythical, stoic um, being. I have no problems whatsoever. Um, oh my gosh, I think that's just another uh, manifestation, right, of seeing a therapist as a character who's supposed to fit this box as opposed to this is a human being with their own sets of issues really i think a lot of therapists see therapists and i think everyone should see a therapist um well first of all therapists see therapists for things happening in their personal life right sometimes you are so close to something painful that you're not able to untangle it in the way that you can for maybe a client or for someone else So when our sensitivities and vulnerabilities get triggered, maybe sometimes we don't have the tools to objectively detangle that, understand that, overcome that. Sometimes we do need the help of someone else, someone who is an expert in um, working with a therapist because that's difficult on its own. Yeah. Right. But it's like this idea that you would never see a shoemaker without shoes because that wouldn't make sense you would never see a physician who doesn't have a family doctor themselves. You wouldn't be a therapist, a good enough therapist or a great therapist without being in the opposite chair and knowing what it means and what it takes to be a client as well. I completely agree with you. And it it comes to this idea that, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't necessarily take care of other people. Mm -hmm. Right. And in our human moments, quote unquote human moments, we aren't therapists. We argue with our partners just like you do. We have insecurities just like you. And as much as it feels nice to have that non-judgmental space, um, it feels nice to us too, Mm -hmm. right? And because we always have our therapist antennas on, sometimes it makes it that much harder for the people in our lives to support us Mm -hmm. because it's harder for them to understand all the layers of thinking that goes thinking and feeling that goes on with us and sometimes we need a fellow therapist to do that for us yeah Mm. i love that that's really well articulated and you're you're right we are chronic overthinkers, right? Um, we do need someone who can really unpack those layers and understand that. And, right, and Zam and I have been very vocal about our experience being on both sides of the couch uh, when it comes to being in the therapy room. And I think that's what makes us great therapists is our ability or our perspective as a client as well, right? We know what it feels like to be on the opposite side of the couch. We know what it feels like to risk vulnerability. And we also know what it feels like to have bad therapists, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's 
<laughs> and yeah. and I think our both Nikita and I's personal philosophies are to be the therapist that we'd want to see. Absolutely. Right? We pride ourselves here at Sutian for the fact that we go out above and beyond for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't necessarily say that I've had therapists who do exactly that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goal is, you know, to continue being that therapist and hopefully that therapist will come my way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit burnt out or having any type of reactions um, in the therapy context, I ground myself by, you know, affirming that be someone who you would want to see. And that really keeps me leveled in my work. And that keeps me going and growing as well in my profession. Yes. Well, I had so much fun recording today's episode and yesterday's episode, this mini series on mm-hmm. the life of your therapist. It's just been so much fun just talking about it. And we really are looking forward to hearing what you have to say about our episode and if you have any questions that we haven't covered Mm -hmm. um, anything you want to know about us you can just ask us Um, and we'd love to do a third episode on this um, if you have any questions for us so please send them our way absolutely we hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you next week take care everyone That brings us to the end of today's episode of Ask a Therapist. Thank you so much for spending time with us. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review down below. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email. The address is in the description box below and include podcast in the subject line. You can choose to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone.